Welcome to Fund and Fundraising, everybody. The podcast where we talk with people behind the top nonprofit galas and signature fundraisers to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm excited to have two very special guests. Um, They are both with Texas Ballet Theater. First is Vanessa Logan, who is the executive director, and second is Jenna Heineball, who is the development director for Texas Ballet Theater. And what they have coming up are opening night dinners for their production of Alice in Wonderland. And today we're going to talk about that and how they really create magical experiences for their guests and really making opening night of a a theater performance really count. Vanessa, Jana, welcome. And I'm so excited to have you both here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. So we'll start first with Vanessa um, with this question. And that is, would you be able to share what the mission of Texas Ballet Theater is? Of course. Texas Ballet Theater's mission is to create, present, produce uh, classical ballet as well as contemporary ballet. Um, That our goal in that is to really reach and reach a variety of audiences. Um, And part of that mission is also to train students of all levels in ballet, from the little itty bitties, three-year-olds, to our adult classes. And in between there, we have an extraordinary pre-professional and professional program. That's fantastic. So really, someone really could be involved with Texas Ballet Theater really for their entire lifetime if they really wanted to, from starting really from a very early age. Talk a little bit about you know children in particular and how really starting people early really can help really create a real deep and sincere passion for the arts, whether it's ballet or anything else. Sure. Uh, I think for our youngest students, our three-year-olds, it's really about finding your your place in space, right? You're working on dedication and concentration. And one of the hardest things really is standing still. But as you as you explore movement through that, you find those pockets, those silent moments. Um, and I think that's so impactful for a young, young student who's preparing to go into um, mainstream education classrooms, a classroom setting. For our other students who are starting to see our professional dancers or our professional students, it's this moment of peer-to-peer and looking at uh, the, what what can be and how to strive for goals. Um, and for our adult students, it's an incredible opportunity to be a part of this organization, be be healthy, be fit, um, but also do something that you find to be aesthetically challenging and beautiful and a part of a not-for-profit arts organization that you wouldn't otherwise. That's really, you know, that that's really great. And I, what I like about that is that you really take the care and the thought to really think about whether you're a child at heart or you're a child child, that there really is a place for ballet to really you know, allow people to gain confidence, to allow people to, you know, be fit, find ways to exercise. And I really love that that's one of the things about ballet that I particularly like is it is exercise on top of being, you know, on top of being art. And I really like that it really does combine the physical along with, you know, the cultural in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I am inspired 
by our pre-professional students, but I'm just as inspired by the dedicated adult students who, like you said, have could be have been with us since they were middle schoolers, and then they go off and they come back and they're taking classes with us again. And that's really, really special and a true testament to the teachers and the faculty we have at Texas Ballet Theater School. I think that's great. And it's actually a really good segue to the next thing I wanted to talk about with the two of you. And Jana, I'll, I, I would like for both of you to respond to this question, because um, one of the things that we do talk about on this podcast frequently is people tend to give. And I think you you all have experienced this you know, with your development and executive director roles. People tend to give when they feel that there's some sort of emotional tie or connection to get, you know, to get involved with an organization. And Jana, I would like to hear what drew you to be involved with Texas Ballet Theater. And then Jana, um, once you're you're finished, then we'll we'll talk with Vanessa about that. Sure. Thank you. Um, I think for me, as a former performing artist, it was important for me to be involved with a performing arts organization and to be able to be a cog in the wheel here at TBT, which calls both Dallas and Fort Worth home, is really incredible. You know, Dallas is the fourth largest city in the U.S. Fort Worth is the 13th largest city. And here I have the happy task of connecting with literally hundreds of thousands of North Texans to enliven the mission of the ballet. And that's a lot of people to be able to share the art form with, which I love. And um, also, I'm a bit of a fangirl, you know, when it comes to this particular art form of classical dance. Um, I'm a musician, not a dancer. So I cannot be in the audience and witness the ballet with a critical ear or eye. I have um, absolutely zero professional dance training. So for me, it's very much the performing art that I can receive really innocently and just sit back and say, wow, you know, these, these artists, these dancers are so strong, so beautiful. Their body is their instrument. And that is truly impressive to me. So, you know, sort of twofold for me. It, that's really interesting what you just said, because when, when I hear that, you know, what I really hear is, yes, there needs to be an emotional tie and an emotional connection. But what you really brought up so well is there has to be a level of joy tied to it. And there is something there is something to be said. And I'm sure that, you know, because you all have to put on opening night dinners, which is what we're here to talk about. There is something wonderful about just being a guest. Exactly. And just being able to enjoy and you get to sit in the audience and you don't have to think for the next few hours that you're the development director of TVT. You just get to sit there and you get to immerse yourself in a wonderful performance and a wonderful experience. I get to be one of our patrons and I really get to have that same experience. So I, I love that and I appreciate it. You know, and, you know, before before I, you know, you turn to Vanessa for that question. How do you think that helps you in terms of connecting with, you know, potential donors as a development director? Oh, I think it's invaluable. You know, we can have a similar conversation and we can be on the same level, right? With our knowledge of the art form, the ballet. Um, of course, I have the inner working and the inner dialogue with my colleagues, but to be able to experience just the art itself in that, on that same level as 90% or 95% of our audience is invaluable. Like I said, I can, I can spend time discussing the experience. I can spend time listening to their experience, you know, when we're cocktailing before or afterward or, or meeting later in the week. And we really, we really share that same moment in time. 
So I think that does a lot for the relationship that I have with them. It absolutely, I can totally see that. And it also helps that it's such a visual thing. So like when you're describing how to connect, you've really got something really visual Mm -hmm. and joyful that you really get to draw upon. I think that's fantastic. Truth. True. Fantastic. And Vanessa, you know, share a little bit about, you know, what drew you to be involved with TBT? Oh, sure. Well, I I trained in dance um, for a very long time. And so uh, ballet has been my life since I was 11 years old. Uh, I I never had the opportunity to be a professional dancer like our professional dancers, um, but spent a lot of time backstage um, in performances that ranged from ballet to musical theater and modern dance. Uh, being on this side of the curtain, you know, when Jana was just speaking, I was thinking about, I always sit in the back of the orchestra because I want to see that moment where the audience settles. And it's so extraordinary because it, depending on the night, depending on if there is an opening night dinner, depending on if there's something prepared afterwards, that sort of changes when an audience becomes one in the experience. And it is so beautiful to watch. I look at our dancers who are giving their art, their their technical mastery, as well as their love for this art form to the audience. And you can see them in that moment, just take it in. Um, and I just, that's that's something so special. That, that's that's fantastic. And I what I like about your journey with it is it's really for you, ballet has been a lifelong passion. Like it's something that you've done from a very early age and you made the pivot that you still wanted to be involved with it, you know, in some way. And if it wasn't going to be as a dancer, it was going to be, you know, on the office side to really allow the community to experience the love that you've had for it really your entire life. Yeah, true, true. That's fantastic. Now, you know, I love, you know, let's talk a little bit about, and Jana, you had touched upon this um, a second ago, and I'd love to hear each of you kind of respond to this. And how does um, Texas Ballet Theater, how do you go about personalizing events and productions and the messaging to speak to each individual community it serves? And for those people listening that are not from Dallas or Fort Worth, they're two, even though they're 30 miles apart, the ethos of each city is quite different. So what Texas Valley Theater has to do is really a very delicate dance, pun intended, of (laughs) of managing, you know, two very different communities and make a performance of the same production feel really powerful. And I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, um, I believe that we really strive to build relationships, you know, true relationships with each home base of Dallas and Fort Worth, and honestly, all of the communities in between, Um, whether it be those individual patrons, our school families, the businesses, and of course, our local community partners in the arts and youth enrichment and education circles. We need those relationships, but having them allows us to get to know our patrons and the city itself in a really organic way so that we're shaping the production and event calendars to reflect their distinct personalities and their distinct interests and and their availability. Because let's be honest, DFW is a very busy area and there's always something to do. So we have to put a lot of time and energy and thought into those calendars, right? So I think that's, that's how we do it. Relationships are very, very important. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you, you touched upon another thing there and maybe Vanessa, you can kind of chime into this, this second piece maybe. And that is not only do you have to deal with the personalities, you also have to deal with the production schedule and making sure that they align and that you can do them in a, and the way you have the upcoming performance structured is you've got one in Dallas, you know, the production of Alice in Wonderland one weekend, and then you've got it going to Fort Worth the next weekend, you know, elaborate a little bit about, you know, about that logistical, you know, how to successfully do that, as well as, you know, your take on how, um, how, you know, serving Dallas and Fort Worth and the, di the differences that you see in approaching, you know, how to deal with two different markets with the same production. Sure, sure. I think, um, well, first and foremost, we are so proud to to be the bridge arts organization between the two cities. And what we're seeing is, I mean, would it be amazing to have one whole separate marketing budget for Dallas and one whole separate <laughs> marketing budget for Fort Worth? Absolutely. The marketers out there will get what I'm saying. Um, but what we really do is, is we look at the heart of what we do. What is the ballet? What is the vision of uh, our artistic director, Timothy O'Keefe? And, uh, make sure that that's center stage, uh, pun intended. Um, and then it depends on who responds more to social media, who responds more to direct mail pieces, who responds more to a very personal touch from Jana or myself or, or Tim. Um, and sharing those inside moments is, is the piece that I think does connect it. People want to know how what it's like to be a professional dancer and sharing those those opportunities, that relationship building that Jenna was talking about, I think is paramount. Um, being that Texas Ballet Theater has a school in Dallas County and a school in Fort in Tarrant County, uh, those two things help as well. We are we are part of each community in a very real way. Also through our outreach programs um, called City Dance where we're giving classes um, to those who wouldn't normally have the opportunity. So we're we feel like both cities are our true homes. Uh, Jan and I spend half our week in Dallas and half the week in Fort Worth. Sometimes we spend one week, one city, and then we spend the, the next week in another. Um, it definitely is not a boring um, situation. <laughs> but uh, from a production perspective, it's, it's really, um, it's a mountain to climb for our production team because we are doing double load ins and load outs. And what that load in and load out, of course, is when the big 18 wheeler tra tractor trailers um, pull into the loading dock and the crew sets it all up. And then we take it all down and we do it all over again, as opposed to being in one venue um, and we do it once and stay there for two weeks. Um, that's just a little, a little side nugget um, that's uh, really uh, demonstrates are the the power and the expertise of our production team. Well, there were several things that were really interesting that you just said. And one of them that I think is really important is different patrons and different donors speak to different things. And when you talked about the artistic side of it, some donors, they may only want to, you know, they, you know, working with Vanessa or working for Jana, you, could, you may be able to close out on your own, but there are other patrons that really want to understand the production because a lot of patrons of the arts are aspiring producers themselves. And they may want to, you know, may want to um, work with the artistic side or may really want to get to know the artistic side of the organization. What advice would you give um, 
to, you know, to another organization or to someone who maybe is starting their own arts nonprofit in terms of how to successfully navigate and manage the, you know, the development side, the executive side with the creative and artistic side? Mm, that's such a great question. I think, um, of course, first and foremost, I want to respect the fact that the studio is, is their office, right? But when we can schedule opportunities for guests to come into the studio, into the rehearsal room, uh, that is so powerful. It's that moment where they feel connected to our celebrity dancers. Um, they feel they see how the dancers are taking direction or correction from our artistic staff who are thoughtful and so, so incredibly talented. Watching them say, oh, that foot wasn't pointed is something that, you know, the average person sitting in the front may not see. Um, so I think in-studio opportunities are are just really, really important. I absolutely agree. And Jana, you know, from a development perspective, what is, you know, what what advice would you give in terms of how to fuse the, you know, the sales with the, you know, the sales with the creative, we can just kind of call it, because that's essentially on some level what that is. Well, I think like Vanessa said, you have to find the opportunities to give those interested in how the quote unquote, how the sausage gets made, right? Uh, the opportunity to have access to those artists and those experiences. It is not going to be something that can be done for uh, every person every day, um, but we can work together behind the scenes, you know, find the day on the calendar that works and then create that moment around it. Invite five people in for coffee, tea, and to watch, you know, from a window or sit in the room. And it's very, very important those are some of the most impactful moments that we have as development officers um, to show the work to the patron. I mean, when we're seeing it on the big stage, it's also, you know, it's, it's a tremendous experience. But to really give them that up close personal look at it and to see them, uh, the dancers, meaning to see them take their break, move to the side, grab some water, do a little stretch and then get back on the stage. They really get to see the work and the athleticism behind it. And that makes them more connected to the art itself. So um, I think it really stems from having a close working relationship with uh, the sales and the artistic side, which I'm very thankful that we do. I mean, we have a, a really close team here at TBT. And it's interesting because, you know, the the one thing I did want to say, Jana, with that is, you know, especially if you've got, you know, four or five patrons that are going to be going into the room, there is a lot of trust involved. It's trust mm -hmm. between sales and creative, but it's also trust between Texas Ballet Theater and the patrons mm -hmm. and the patrons, you know, it it's not every patron is necessarily going to, you know, need to do that or see that, but there has to be a level of trust. And really those are almost, it's like a triangle of trust really between those three. And they really have to all be in sync for that to really, you know, thrive and really give and show some, show some positive results. Without exactly. Without question. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and then Vanessa, there was one other thing that you mentioned, and it actually is a perfect segue into the next question. And you were kind of talking about, you know, the production and moving it from Dallas to Fort Worth or vice versa. What advice would you give to an organization that's looking to do multiple large events in a short period of time? Events being like opening oh, night dinners. Yeah, opening night dinners and, and galas and just the production process in general. I think 
first and foremost is to make sure that you're being proactive uh, and you're working interdepartmentally. Um, any staff or colleague of mine who is going to hear this will laugh because that's a very common word, which is making sure that we are all working together. Texas Valley Theater has a lean staff and because we want to put our dollars to the art. Um, and so when you're doing multiple events uh, around a production or just in general to support your organization, it's it's about paying attention to those um, who you think would like to attend a variety of events and then making sure that you're, you're, you're segmenting that invite list so that people are not feeling overwhelmed by invitations, but feeling included in the things that they now know that you know they want to be a part of. You hit the nail right on the head with that. And this is something that I often say is no person should be on every single invite list. Oh, never. No one, not even your spouse. Like no one should be on every <laughs> single invite list. I mean, do you really want to take your spouse to your high school reunion or your college reunion weekend? No. So, you know, it, I think it's important. I mean, that just really, Vanessa was, I'm so glad that you said that because, as you know, sometimes people think, well, I've got it this person's going to be offended or be upset if I don't invite them. Now, you know, but that goes into knowing and understanding your donors and it goes exactly. to knowing and understanding your patrons and knowing what will speak to them. Because it's, you know, in a season, you'll have six or eight performances. And, you know, while most may speak speak to a patron, there may be eight and maybe only seven really speak to them because you know that there's a certain genre or a certain type of, you know, certain type of art or or performance that they may not be interested in. And it's just knowing and being aware of that. And that, that really goes a long way to making sure that they become long-term donors because you're not wasting their time, like Vanessa said, you know, with, with invites that really would be needless or not necessary. Well, and knowing your donors who might want to go to a city dance class in one of our <clears throat> schools or to a school function. I mean, there's exact, I mean, I, I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but it's exciting when you build this relationship with your donors or your patrons and you can, you're working together to make sure that they're getting the experience that they, that they want to have with TBT. Absolutely. And that's a perfect segue, you know, speaking of patrons and having them engaged, you know, let's talk about what, what we are here to talk about. And that is the upcoming opening night dinner for Alice in Wonderland. So um, whomever would like to go first, feel free, but tell us what guests can expect to experience at this year's upcoming opening night dinners. Sure. Um, I'll jump in. Uh, we have two elegant evenings prepared at each venue. And while I don't wanna to give too much away, I will say that each of our chairpersons uh, who are in Bikas and Galling, Craig Carpenter in Dallas, and then Lou Martin in Fort Worth, they each have worked diligently to really create their version or their vision of Wonderland to come to life from tablescapes to floral, there's some beautiful lighting, music in the room. It's gonna be a gorgeous evening. And um, I really think our florist has sort of outdone herself with some of these tables. So they're going to walk in to a gorgeous space, first of all. Our most loyal patrons and subscribers will arrive and enjoy an evening complete with cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, a seated dinner, and then move into the hall for the actual production of Alice in Wonderland. So that's sort of the, the bubble of the evening, if you will. 
That sounds, you know, that sounds really, it sounds beautiful. And it sounds like, you know, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Vanessa, is there anything that you would care to add, you know, in, into the evening that you think might be, um, might be of note and, you know, for, for people to know about? Sure. Uh, our artistic director laureate, Ben Stevenson, this is his nutcracker and known, of course, throughout the world for his storytelling through ballet. And I think what I'm so impressed with Jana and Sydney Junkins, um, our event manager, and, and of course our chairs, is the story of the evening, right? How are you creating a story that people feel connected and they're, they're, they're with their community and the patrons at large celebrating this Ben Stevenson ballet. I think I think that's that's part of the fun of an opening night dinner as well. Absolutely, part of the ballet. Absolutely, and what, what's what is an added layer for you all is when you have two different <laughs> events, you also have two different sets of chairs in two different communities. And this this I think it's kind of a to a degree it's it's kind of rounding the circle of what we talked about earlier. But what's some advice that um, each of you could give on how to find a successful chair if it's really going to champion, you know, a, a signature fundraising event or a unique experience? I I think it's really important to find somebody who is excited about the involvement and the level of involvement it takes to be part of planning an event like this. You know, um, they're part of the team, really. It, it's another one of those opportunities to invite a donor, a patron in to an experience. And in these moments, they're integral to the vision of the event, having them um, not just participate, but truly be involved in the creative aspect of the event, you know, the work of it becomes easier. And that sense of ownership, or I believe that sense of ownership creates positive energy and a positive experience for not just the team planning, but those walking through the door and the guests of the event. So. I think it's really important to find those persons who want to be there um, and not sort of assign it out to someone you feel you would like to host for you. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good um, piggyback on what we were talking about earlier about, you know, not, you know, in calling the guest list that Vanessa was talking about and just making sure that you're finding the, you're asking the right person where that production is really going to speak to that person. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Vanessa, would, do you have anything um, you might want to add to what Jana had just said? I think what's special about this closing, the closing production opening night dinner, that gets confusing. But, um, <laughs> that means um, season finale for, for those out right, there. Right. Um, <laughs> it is, is that it's, it's an opportunity because our patrons, our donors are so busy. We, we've put this invitation out as you have a choice to join us in Dallas or join us in Fort Worth. So there's there are two nights that you can choose or both, um, but it it's that level of um, giving another opportunity and a respect for the fact that their calendar is so busy as well. And that partnership so that you can say, and it's really working. We're seeing a lot of crossover now yeah. over the bridge. And, you know, that's just super exciting that ballet is, is participating in that. And, um, the calendars are 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 key. <laughs> I I love that, and you know, again, because you do have two nights, and you know, it is May is an extremely busy time with Mother's Day and graduations and initial you know vacations that patrons may take. That you know, it's 
it's close enough. I mean, it's about what, 30 miles between the two cities. So, I mean, it, it's certainly close enough that if one can't go to one and they're very committed, you know, to TBT, they can just, you know, they can go the following week and, you know, make a night of it. Maybe they stay at a hotel in another city and, and all those other types of things. And I think that's, I think that's really great and really fantastic. And it's so wonderful to see that crossover because Dallas and Fort Worth are very different markets. And it's nice to see that people feel comfortable from going one to the other. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now tell us a little bit about, um, and Jen, I'll, I'll let you feel this one. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about what the funds raised from the opening night dinner will benefit. Yes, um, all the monies raised from these dinners go to support the ballet's annual fund or the general operating fund. And, and these dinners really allow the organization to continue to produce world-class productions on stage in houses like Winspear and Bass Hall, but also they contribute and feed the catalog work that resides within our community enrichment and Texas Valley Theater School programs like City Dance, which uh, Vanessa touched on earlier. So really these moments support everything that Texas Ballet Theater does in the scope of a season. So that is why they are so important to our fundraising uh, goals for the year. That's that's great. And, you know, Vanessa, I, I'd like to I, I'd like to ask you this question. You had kind of touched upon this earlier about the organization running Lean and Mean. And, you know, it's and Jana had talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the florists actually really outdoing itself, you know, outdoing out themselves for this dinner. And that is, you know, what is a way that, you know, you have found that you can kind of get really good maximum return? on something that may not necessarily cost a lot of money when putting on, you know, when putting on a fundraising event or an experience? A maximum return. I think um, the maximum return is the opportunity to do it twice. I mean, in that, in the sense that, you know, you learn from every event that you're doing, you have an opportunity. And as Jana was putting, each chair puts their own special um, piece of their heart into it as well. Uh, and I, so I think, um, maximizing those returns really are about communication, making sure that the guests of table sponsors understand the importance of it, what this all, what this means to this organization. Our product is too expensive for the earned revenue market to, to bear. And this is crucial. And um, I think making sure that they feel connected to that is, is, would be maximizing the event and from my perspective. Well, and maximizing the event, it sounds like it's going to be a great, you know, it sounds like it's really going to be a great night and or two great nights, I guess I should say. And, and, the, <laughs> yes. and the thing is, is that opening night, and I just want to end with this, is that opening night is the first night of, of a couple of additional performances. So it's not, neither of these are a one night only event. So I want to make sure right. that everyone listening understands that even if you could not attend the opening night dinner, there's still going to be, you know, there's still going to be a couple of additional performances for a couple of days after those opening night dinners. Yes. Yeah, Correct. absolutely. Well, um, Jana, Vanessa, thank you again so much for being, you know, being our guest today. This was really so informative. I had a great time talking with both of you. Thank you. Thank we you so you. much. Yeah. Absolutely. And Texas Ballet Theater's opening night dinners for Alice in Wonderland are on May 19th, 2023 at the Winspear Opera House in Dallas, Texas, and on May 26, 2023 at McDavid Studio and Bass Performance Hall in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information, visit texasballettheater.org. And that will do it for us on this episode of Fun and Fundraising, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Take care, everyone, and have a great day.